angels from the realms of glory wing your flight o'er all the earth. Ye whose angry nations glory now proclaim Messiah's birth, come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. The International, our entire college, and we're glad to be here this morning. We're privileged to have the uh, opportunity to be here again. We were here in the 2019. We'd like to introduce ourselves to you because not all of us were here at that time. Hello, my name is Benjamin Colleen. I'm a senior at the college and I'm from Germany. Hi, I'm Jeremy Robertson. I'm a professor at the college and I'm from Michigan in the United States. I am Alexander Young. I'm in my junior year and my family is missionaries to Russia. Good morning, my name is Florin Stanka, I'm a Romanian pastor, and I'm a teacher in the Bible College. Hello, my name is Maria Young. I'm in my freshman year at the college, and my family is serving as missionaries to Russia. Good morning, my name is Carrie Thatcher, I'm a senior at the college, and my family is serving in Waterford. Hello, Amen. I'm Gabriella <laughs> and I'm in my sophomore year of college, and my family are serving in Portugal. Good morning, I'm Otilia Kalin, I'm from Romania, and I'm a senior at the Baptist College. Good morning, my name is Brianna Sehested and my family is currently serving in Hunedada, Romania. Hello, my name is Olivia West. I'm on staff at the college and I'm from the United States. Good morning, I'm Julie. I'm also from Romania and I'm on staff at the college. Hey. Thank you, Pastor, for the invitation to be able to share the beginning of the holiday season. We are from a country that has hosted us, and our college is over 20 years old now, and most of us know Romanian, and so we've included in our program one song in Romanian. For you to understand, it's a song that is the declaration of the angels made to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men.
Christmas mean to you? I really wouldn't know. Oh! <laughs> well, you certainly look ready for Christmas. Oh, but there's so much more to do. But I love it all. Christmas is such a happy time of year. I absolutely agree. Tell me, what does Christmas mean to you? Christmas gifts. Giving. Shopping. I've got lists of all the wishes for friends and family and even a few strangers. <laughs> I like to say that there's no place like the mall for the holidays. And I can hear the jingle bells. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> what does that mean? Pardon me for saying so, but these stores just push the Christmas spirit so that shoppers spend more money. I'm a businessman myself. I know how it goes. So what if the stores make a profit? I buy gifts out of kindness and generosity for others. That's what Christmas is about. So, is that what you'd say Christmas is? Business sales? Scrooge. Not entirely, <laughs> but practically speaking, Christmas only sticks around because the stores need Christmas to make more money. But I enjoy time off work and an extra day with my family, same as any other man. Christmas, my family, is the only reason Christmas means anything to me. Well, that's precious. <laughs> Care to share your opinion? About what? About what Christmas means to you. 
You wouldn't much like my opinion of Christmas. Oh, you don't believe in Christmas? Oh, I believe in Christmas. I celebrate my way, from the ham at Christmas lunch to the headache on New Year's morning. I sleep less, I eat more, and I party most. I've got no issues with Christmas. So, then what would you say Christmas means to you? Christmas, to me, is a time when clowns like you fill themselves with Christmas <laughs> songs and glitter and go about with smiles plastered on their faces, wishing the world happiness. Until January, when the Christmas tree is taken down, the bills come in, the smiles fade, and real life resumes. Excellent! <laughs> now we're engaging conversation. I really feel like I'm getting to know a lot about you. Now, about my joy fading in January, that's not true at all. You should see me in April. It's much worse. And for me, real life, though not always easy, can be full of joy, Christmas joy. And it's all because of what Christmas means to me. Well, go on. <laughs> what does Christmas mean to you? No more waiting. I'm sorry, I really don't understand. It seems to me that even though people buy more gifts at Christmas, spend more time with their families, and go to more parties, they're not quite satisfied. They're still waiting on something. But I have a joy this Christmas, because I found what I've been waiting for. There's no more waiting. Well, what would there be to wait on? Nothing. That's exactly what Christmas is. For years, centuries, millennium, the world was promised a gift. A person that would come and bless the whole world. He would be a king, a prince of peace. Who promised? What are you talking about? <laughs> Who made a promise? God, in the Bible. Oh, that explains everything. It's religion. Thanks, preacher, but I don't need a Sunday school lesson. <laughs> you seem pretty sure about what you need. You're pretty miserable with what you have. Yeah. Well, I, for one, love reading the Bible, especially at Christmas time. As much as I like fairy tales, we are not children. <laughs> Neither were the Jewish people of Jesus' day that told him to wait on this promised king that would be born in this specific town in Israel. Call this a fairy tale? But tell me, what would be the chances that someone could pick a random town in Israel and that town be the birthplace of this promised king? Could it be chance? Well, if it were in a royal city where kings are usually born. But you see, it wasn't. God said that this king would be born in a small, unimportant town in Israel. And that town is where Christmas all began. It all started in Bethlehem. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting.
shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And though the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And ye shall find the babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Child of the Holy Ghost. There shall come a star out of Jacob, 
and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. And Mary brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And the shepherds came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mighty God, 
the everlasting Father. Well, I suppose God lived inside of him, but at first, he was just a baby. Micah said that the coming ruler of Israel would be from of old, from everlasting. From everlasting? But we know when he was born. Jesus lived far before he was born. He has no beginning and no end. You see, the world was waiting for God to send a solution to our brokenness. There's no more waiting because God came down himself. Then this little baby was... God with us, Emmanuel.
God with us on earth. Jesus did not come to live on the earth. He came to give his life on the cross. He died, but for what reason? For us. The Bible says that our relationship with God is broken because of our sin. All the wrong things we have done against him. Jesus came to pay for our sin so that we might have a relationship with God for eternity. Well, we've all done some things we regret, but in general, I'm a good person. I don't see why he would have to die for my sins. Jesus said that he came to seek and to save those who are lost. None of us are good people. We're all lost. But logically, this doesn't make any sense. At the end of the story, you have a dead God. <laughs> but that's not the end. You see, after three days, he rose again. And he now wants to live with us for eternity. What does Christmas mean to me? No more waiting. Because I have everything I need, both now and for eternity. If Jesus died for me and is with me, I sure haven't noticed. My life isn't anything like that. But he did die for you. But he offers it to you now as a gift. You're still searching for something to fill the hole. Let me put it this way. We're all waiting on a bus. We fully expect it to come, right? I wouldn't be standing so long in the cold if I didn't. <laughs> but when it does come, we all have a choice. To get on or to stay where we are. For years, the world was waiting for Jesus, God with us. I have accepted Jesus' gift. Jesus is God with me, in me. Christmas gifts and glitter aren't the reason why I smile in December. It's because of the King of Christmas. And there's no more waiting. So now, like the bus, there is a choice. I believe in God. I go to church. I'm not a bad person. I don't need this. Listen. I appreciate you sharing your beliefs. They are intriguing, but I'm a businessman. I live by what I see. I cannot put my trust in someone I cannot see. Well, then I won't bother you any longer. May you have a Merry Christmas. Aren't you getting on the bus? No. I've not been waiting. I have everything I need. Oh, you forgot your Bible. He probably didn't forget it. <laughs> no, I suppose not. <clears throat> you have to live by what you see.
well, I do believe the Bible, but he doesn't understand. I'm not a druggie or a criminal. I'm a good person.
I'm I love it. So secretly, my car, you know what I did. <laughs> what are you waiting for? You may not have waited already. You may already have your house completely decorated. This is beautiful. You may already have all the music playing and the smells of the candles, the fragrances of the uh, spiced apple or whatever it might be. But may I suggest that all this can become a facade if we don't see the real yes. reason for Christmas. If all we're wanting is to feel better because it's family, it's, it's tradition, it's things that we get to eat, and we eat too much. <laughs> Isaiah wanted them to remember that the promise that God made of Emmanuel would look like something. What does God with us look like? And he gives us three things in those first three verses of chapter 12 of Isaiah. The first thing we see is that it is a removal of condemnation. What does it look like when God is with us? He comes to deliver us from our sin. Jesus Christ came and was born of a virgin, not just so we could worship a baby in a manger. We do not. Not obviously that we should worship the family, but we should worship the God who loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And what is the condemnation? That darkness hath not, uh, that, uh, I'll read the verse I wanted to quote it, I failed, I apologize, please. John 3. Verse number 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light is come into the, into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because what? Their deeds are evil. The first thing a person has to realize is they are a sinner before they can be saved. God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, because there was no way for man to save himself. But man has to accept the reality that he needs a savior. For God to be with us, we must understand he desires to remove that condemnation. Because he put our condemnation upon the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What are you waiting for? Would you like to have your sin removed? Forgiven? Your condemnation to be erased? To be able to say, God is with me forever. But in verse number two, he also describes something else. What does God with us look like? It also looks like a relationship with Jehovah God. Now to the Jews, the word, the name Jehovah, Yahweh, was the holiest name. They would not even uh, write it without uh, washing themselves many times. It was a quiet name without any vowels. It was just a whisper. Yahweh. A holy name. Yet Isaiah here says in verse number two, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and song. He 
also is become my salvation. That relationship with Jehovah God means security. Security because he says, I will trust and not be afraid. Have you been afraid in your life? Have you fled for your life? Have you found yourself in threatening conditions? Or just the simple fear of laying your head on the pillow and wondering what is going to happen to me when I die? Trust overcomes fear. Because God brings security through that relationship. When you have God with you, there is a relationship with Jehovah God that also gives strength. Strength is the power that produces praise because he says in verse number two, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. I can tell this church likes to sing. I enjoy it when we sing. I enjoy it when people are praising God with their voices and they understand what they're saying. It's not just a tradition, it is the meaning of it. I remember as a young man in a Bible college, we went to the country of Korea. We were in a very large Baptist church in Seoul, Korea. We were singing, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Of course, they were singing in Korean. We didn't know what they were singing except the melody we understood. And we thought we could possibly compete with them. We were, you know, a trained musical choir singing there. But as they began to sing, I had to be quiet. Their praise of God, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine was so strong that it felt like the roof was going to fall in. When you know Jesus, when you have a relationship with Jehovah God, there is strength. But he also says it is salvation. Look at the end of verse number two. He, Jehovah, also is become my salvation. To have a relationship with Almighty God is one thing. To know that there's that point in my life where I recognize that I was a sinner, that I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin and was buried and rose again. And I now have eternal life. And some, some describe it as an escape from hell. It's simply a deliverance from the terribleness of my own soul. True. Have you ever thought about God in you? God with you? That every day from that moment on, you have Jesus in your heart. Forever. He has become your salvation. It's not a salvation he hands to you and says, okay, here's something for you. It is him. You are saved because you have Jesus in you. And if you don't, I can't think of a better time than right now to say, Jesus, I need you. I don't know about you, but I like the fact that God has promised to remove my condemnation. I'm also so grateful that I have a relationship with God, Jehovah God, by faith in Christ alone. But then he said something in verse number three, and if you don't mind, I'm going to talk to believers this morning about something that I think is lacking in many places. He says, therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. 
God with us looks like rejoicing in his salvation. What do I want to say? I'm glad I'm saved. Does anybody else know it? Yeah. I'm glad I say I'm saved, but is it really clear in my day-to-day -day life when I go to work, when I'm at school, or wherever I might be? Or have I just claimed that I'm a Christian when I come to church on Sunday, but the rest of the week I can handle it on my own? When I was a boy, we went out to my grandfather's farm, and he had an old-fashioned well. The well was deep, and he used the old uh, galvanized water pail to get water from the well. I would watch and go out there, and I'd crank that little handle and lower that bucket down there, and he always said, Tim, hold on to that thing, because when it gets water in it, it's heavy. So I had to learn the hard way, of course. Mm -hmm. But before the tinkers were able to d discover how to make pails, they used another form of creation of a, of a bucket. They would use wooden slats. These wooden slats would be cut from a certain wood that would absorb water, and then they would shape them into a ring, put a band maybe around them, could be rope, could be metal. On the bottom would be a one that would simply be the bottom of that, uh, of that bucket, and that's the bucket. Now, if you took that bucket and you immediately put water in it and held it like that, what would happen? All, it would all flow out because that wood was not sealed one to another. What do you have to do to make it sealed? You have to put it down the well. You have to set it in contact with water. And as the water absorbs into the wood, it then would seal those gaps and you could draw the water from the well. My thought here that I, the illustration I'm trying to share with you is why isn't there joy in your life? Could it be that we've not been in contact with the water like we should be? Could it be that we have not taken the time to say, Lord, I need you today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me my family. Thank you for all the wonderful things. But today, is there joy in your heart? Is there a rejoicing in the salvation that you have in Christ, child of God? <coughs> We can blame the world for its sin. We can look at all the terrible things that happened. But my friend, the hope of this world is Jesus Christ. And he has chosen us to display what Christ means. What does Christ mean to you? Is he your joy? That will be evident as you talk, as you listen, as you cry with those in pain, as you befriend someone or help someone in need. Because it cannot be hidden. When God is with you, there is a joy that produces such a, a, a warmth and a, such an exciting attraction that people will ask, what is the reason of the hope that's in you? You say, well, I don't really want to be asked because I don't know what to say if they did ask me. Just tell them what Jesus did to you. Just tell them what he means to you. Just tell them, here's my pastor's number. Let's call him now. <laughs> but the world needs to know. Jesus is real. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He, he is our strength. And he is the one that wants to give us that. He's the one that wants to produce that. Now, Isaiah was trying to encourage and did encourage by the prophecy of Scripture. But Jeremiah was a prophet who lived a little bit later on. Israel didn't listen. Israel didn't really want to follow. And Jeremiah says this in his prophecy in chapter 2. In verse number 13. 
For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. The first evil they were doing was they forgot God. They turned their back on him. Your, your pastor was very accurate and very helpful in the first hour, talking about the condition of the hearts of Israel in the time before Samuel. There is a need for this world to believe and to fear God. But what do they look at? Who convinces them? Who tells them who God is? There's so many ways they would say to heaven. But a believing, rejoicing Christian is someone that cannot be ignored. And the, the people of God had forsaken the living water. They had chosen to find some kind of help somewhere else. And it says, And they have hewn out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. What's your heart today? Child of God, do you have a joy? And if not, why not? Is there a place you can say, Lord, I remember I started to go this way. And draw me closer. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw, into, draw nigh unto you. God with us. Do you know 100% for sure that God is with you? Has there been a time in your life when someone opened the scriptures and showed you what it means to trust Christ as Savior? And you confessed you're a sinner and accepted the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ? If not, would you today? Would you let the Lord become your savior, your salvation, your friend? Would you bow your hands with me?